Hello, and welcome back to We're In Between, the podcast that discusses an episode of As Told by Ginger once a week, every week. This time, we've got in our 22nd episode, the uh, third episode of season two called Fast Reputation. It aired on February 24th, 2002, and uh, it was written by Barbara Schwartz and Sheila M. Anthony. In this one, after being called a nice girl for too long, Ginger, along with her friends Jody and Macy, crashes a high school party. There she runs into a uh, cool high schooler named Jake. Rumors spread that Ginger and Jake made out and her reputation is totally ruined somehow. Meanwhile, Carl and Hoodsy start their own food cart business featuring dishes with gross-out names. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we're in between. Someone once told me the grass is much greener a lot of people are watching along with us things are going to be taken a lot further it does keep the flow really really nicely which makes it a show that was really ahead of its time where's that petrified eyeball at now who's had it last macy is amazing and she doesn't care about what other people think about her don't you feel like maybe Dodie represents the instinctive animal ugly part of us i might have just been having a bad day when i gave it the math Okay, so the episode begins with Ginger Doty and Macy and the rest of the Lucky Junior High class going over to an, a school assembly. And while they're walking there, Mipsy cuts in front of Ginger and saying, Oh, thank you for letting me uh, cut in, Ginger. Like they always say, nice girls finish last. And, you know, especially when Ginger and Dodie and Macy find out that there were no more seats, Ginger starts being a little bit confused. It's like, nice girls finish last? And she kind of gets a little bit more concerned about her own reputation as being a nice girl. And she's wondering about what she's going to do about it. Ugh. Since when is Ginger caring about being nice? Like, since when has this been a concern? Like, I just feel like this is so out of character for her in a lot of ways. Like, I feel like she's always been fine with being a nice girl. And, like, we've had several moments already where she's not, like, the the mean girls. But, like, all of a sudden it's, like, this huge concern. Like, I'm nice. I don't want to be a nice girl. And, like, I don't know. I just... I, I got so annoyed a lot of this episode. Yeah, I have to say that this is definitely one of the most out-of-place moments for Ginger. I mean, we've already seen in various episodes such as Deja Who, in which she did so well in impersonating Courtney that she thought that she was Courtney. And, you know, she pretty much just snubbed off Dodie and Macy. If something comes along, she can be really over-obsessed with it. Be- trying to be like Courtney trying to see if she can be able to throw a Hanukkah party and then go and split off even Steven. And also trying to see if she wants to hook up with Darren. So, yeah, I never really saw her as, like, overly, superly sweet. This is definitely one of my least favorite ginger plots, that's for sure. Yeah, well, uh, I'm gonna have to disagree with you guys. This is actually my favorite episode of the entire show, and I think ginger is absolutely within character. I hate you. (laughs) I'm just trying to create, manufacture some drama because I feel like we always agree, but I do agree with you guys. Um, No, I think it's completely out of place. The episode itself, I don't mind, but it's hard to buy the episode when you don't buy the entire framing of it, you know? Yeah, I think this is one of the few times, or maybe not one of the few times, but 
at least one of the first times in a long time that I can say, without a doubt, the Carl and Hoodsy plot I found way more enjoyable and was way more interested in than the ginger plot. The ginger plot, I was like, this is stupid and annoying. And I, I liked the food cart business thing. I thought, I was like, you know what? I could see Carl actually being really good with food somehow. Like he's, you know, he's always good with like messing around with things. And I think sort of the gross out name thing, it it suits him really well. And I like, I liked watching that business and it sort of, you know, unfolding. Whereas Ginger, I was just like, this just doesn't feel like her. Yeah, whenever Carl and Hoodsy go full capitalist, I'm so on board with it. They're so innovative and inventive, and like they get so inspired and passionate, and it, and it inspires me, too, even though their ideas are so silly. Yeah, definitely. So, going into the Carl and Hoodsy plot, a.k.a. the better plot in this episode, so Mrs. Gordon is passing around um, optional classes, and Carl decides to sign up for cooking classes because he wants to see if they can be able to start up a cooking business or them having their own restaurant so they can be able to make a lot of money. And so uh, this is actually one of my favorite moments in the entire series when they meet up with the cooking teacher. And, you know, the fact that she says, um, you know, cooking is not just like, you know, simple, you know, knife work and stuff like that. It's about, you know, living and experiencing cooking and stuff like that. And she says something about like, you know, I had a restaurant for many, many years and, you know, there were some things that happened that didn't exactly work out very well. And then I think it was Carl who said like, let me guess, it was chapter 11. And I can't believe it. A kid like Carl would know what bankruptcy is. Oh, of course, Carl would though, right? He's so well read. Yeah, it's fascinating. And then basically uh, the, the the teacher says one of my favorite lines. She says, you don't know how hard it is. The competition is brutal, but the real culprit is those cursed cooking shows. They think they can make anyone learn how to boil an egg just so they and make puff pastry just by watching somebody else do it on TV. It's like, oh man. This was like around the time in which the Food Network was like becoming really, really popular with like Emeril Lagasse and you know, Bobby Flay and stuff like that and even nowadays like i see buzzfeed videos all the time of how to prepare fancy dishes so easily that you know for maybe somebody like her who had to go to culinary school and had to open up a restaurant and stuff like that it must have been like something really hard you know she had to do it the old-fashioned way when for some people it's like the equivalent of oh, I just watched something on TV, I can be able to cook it and I just learn it easily. Nowadays with like, you know, doing stuff on YouTube or even like food trucks or something like that, it's pretty relatable in that situation. Yeah, and honestly, the whole gross food concept I think is awesome. It reminded me of Birdie Bot's Every Flavor Beans and like if it actually tasted good, I would totally go to their restaurant or whatever they just, direction they decide to take it. And, like, one great hoodsy quote, when I think it's uh, uh, Lois Foutley is asking them about what they're doing, and Hoodsy says, yeah, we're considering expanding into other profit-seeking ventures. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just obsessed with them. I think I'll agree with your just... Their full capitalist nature is them at their finest. They get truly passionate about it. And, and the thing is, too, is that it's something that is actually, you know, beneficial, right? Like, these kids are getting this new exciting food like it's not like they're ripping kids off i feel like there's a lot of sort of like schemers or whatever like they're not doing schemes they're they're providing actual services yeah they're not ed ed and eddie you know they're not trying to rip off their peers <laughs> no 
it's just that they happen to find, you know, products that work with their peers, which is a very valid thing to do in business. So I I love them. And I and uh, you know, we see throughout the episode too, like adults eat the food too and they're all super impressed by it. So obviously he has actual culinary abilities, apparently. Yeah, and it's so right. good that Chef Bob, the cafeteria teacher who cooks for not only the elementary school, but he also cooks for the middle and for the high school, feels threatened by it. That no, none of the other <laughs> students are eating his food anymore. And so he decides to call off on Carl and Hoodsy saying, you better take down your cart right away. And, you know, then we have the gathering with him and Carlin Hoodsy and Mrs. Gordon. Uh, Carl is basically saying that he's just really passionate about the cooking. And then we see the cooking instructor coming by and, you know, she becomes really concerned. And then Carl presents uh, a sandwich over to Mrs. Gordon and she said it was absolutely delicious. And then she brings up a rule book saying there's always a good, healthy competition. And so they pretty much leave Carlin Hoodsy to continue on and Chef, and Chef Bob pretty much wants to seek out revenge in taking down Carlin Hoodsy's cart. Yeah, it's so petty and so ridiculous and over the top. I do want to just to briefly touch on the, the I guess, the main plot of this episode, though it certainly doesn't feel like it. The, you know, Ginger goes to the high school party. We have this great line. Macy and Dodie come with her, and we have this great line from Macy. She goes, observe as they bust a move to the funky remix when they're out on, like, the dance floor. And I wish we had seen this episode before we interviewed Jackie, because I would give anything to hear her recreate that line today. Um, especially the line when the girl is dancing, like, shaking her hips, and then Macy says... That girl looks like she's about to go straight over to the emergency room. Yeah, it's it's a moment. Again, this this whole thing is kind of weird to me that I'm, like, crashing this party and it's a school night. And, you know, like, again, it's just this whole, like, ginger bad girl thing. It's just, I don't know, it just doesn't sit with me. It just doesn't do anything for me. She's, like, obsessed with this high schooler. And I don't know how old he is. I don't, well, I don't, if he's in the 10th grade and Ginger, Dodie, and Macy are in the 8th grade, we can assume that he's probably, like, 15 or 16 already? Yeah, I feel that that whole thing is just uncomfortable. I know, like, there's age gaps exist, but I feel like at that young of an age, that big of an age gap, and even just between junior high and high school, there's so much that happens. And there's so much, like, maturity differences between, like, what, like, that'd be, like, a 12-year-old and a 15-year-old. Like, there's a lot larger gap than there are just in the years. And the whole thing made me feel very uncomfortable. Even though nothing really, really happens, but just the concept. I will say I had probably my first moment of genuine connection with Miranda as a human being on, like, a personal level. <laughs> when she overhears about this Ginger Jake thing, she goes, This piece of gossip is too hot to keep cold. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, I hate that Miranda gets me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. But yeah, that that turns into a whole thing. And I guess again, it's not it's not necessarily a problem to me that Ginger is crushing on a high schooler, but like there's some sort of a weird I don't know. Like is it not like an actual thing, but just like the way he talks to her is a little strange. I don't know. It just did not sit well with me. Earlier in the episode, Ginger is over by the dentist. Then the dentist comes by and says, Okay, Ginger, it's time for your checkup, but you don't have to worry about it because you have the clean mouth of the month. And then Jake starts saying, calling her clean mouth right before he knows that her name is Ginger. 
Yeah, it's an uncomfortable nickname. Yeah, it is very uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Can we talk about the terminology of the word fast to mean, like, easy or whatever? Is that just something they used in the show to get around censors or make it less inappropriate? Possibly, yes, considering that it was a Nicktoon, so, yeah. Right, I've just never heard that, and neither had Ashley. Yeah, I had an I I was like I was like fast, because it, because it's written on the bathroom wall, which you know I feel bad for as a concept though, like assuming that it is you know just an equivalent word to easy, like you don't want that on the bathroom wall, like that that moment I did feel for her, I'd feel a little bad considering you know she didn't actually do anything, but so it goes. Yeah, that's actually what happens. It's like, you know, when when Jake approaches Ginger by the wall and says, Hey, Ginger, we had fun at that party, huh? And then at first when he started calling her clean mouth, and then it was like putting all these things together. It's like all this jumbled up information. And they thought, oh, wow. So apparently Jake and Ginger kissed with one another. And there was something going on at the party, a high school party. And then Mipsy, uh, you know, approaches Ginger again saying, well, Ginger, it looks like bad girls finish first. And then Ginger starts feeling even more worse than when she said nice girls finish last. And... I don't really know what Ginger was expecting, you know? Um, I don't know, like, why she was so... Again, the, the whole thing is just weird to me, how she's so concerned with having this good girl reputation, and now she's like, oh, but I didn't want a bad girl reputation. It's like, I don't know what her end game is in any of this. <laughs> but does anyone at that age? I guess it's almost like, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side. There you go. Oh, that's true. That's a clever tie-in. But I, I do think it's a lazy analysis that I do often to just say, oh, well, they're middle schoolers, so of course they would do it. Like, they're still people, they're still rational human beings, even if they make some dumb choices. So I don't know if hormones and being, you know, a preteen is enough of an excuse for this one for Ginger. I think it's just a weird identity crisis that doesn't really make sense. Yeah, and we thought that the identity crisis with her thinking that she was Courtney was weird. Which it was, to be fair. It's super weird. (laughs) Say it's not, just less, perhaps. It's all weird. And yeah, I just realized, you know, fast reputation in the title, definitely a reference to that fast slang we were talking about. And I don't know how I feel about this title. Yeah, but it also could be for Carlin Hoodsy, in which they gain a fast reputation for their food being so good. That's true. You're right. Yeah, that is, uh, it does work for both, which the titles rarely do work for both plots. So I I like that. I like that interpretation. Yeah, exactly. Then we have Ginger talking to Lois about how she's feeling about her reputation being ruined and she doesn't know what to do. And then we have Carl off in the background and he simply says, rubber glue back to you. And then Lois says, well, that's actually a pretty good idea. That boy is wise beyond his years. And then uh, Ginger says, oh, man, that is so elementary school. But Lois says, but he's right. Rubber glue back to you. Who cares about what everybody else says? Let them think what they think. And then Ginger pretty much accepts it. It's like, yeah, let everybody think what they think. They don't know what really happened. And so then afterwards, the gossip starts slowly trickling down and nobody really cares about it anymore. And even Courtney approaches Ginger apologizing and said, you know, at one point, you were even more popular than me. And, yeah, typical Courtney. Yeah, and they, they say, too, they're like, oh, we found out that Jake has a girlfriend, so... I was like, it's a good thing that they decided that that meant that they didn't kiss and not 
that, you know, he was just, like, cheating on his girlfriend. Because that definitely could have made the rumor worse, depending on how it went. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's like, a really messed up thing. But at least it was, you know, much more calmer in this situation in which, you know, oh, it just pretty much amounted to nothing and the whole thing just blew off way out of proportion. Yeah, which I'm glad that it kind of finishes. I was worried that, again, this was going to be a longer-than-necessary carried plot but I'm kind of glad it seems to be dropped, more or less. We do also have a rare moment where the groups talk about each other. Um, it's, it is usually the girls talking about whatever Carl and Hoodsy are up to, but Ginger brings it up to Macy and Dodie, and I, 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 I wish there was more of that, more of them kind of being like, can you believe what our siblings are up to? Because it's something that you can kind of forget about when the show doesn't remind you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even when she says that, you know, oh, even things didn't work out for Carl, so both of our reputations are ruined, must run in the family. So I guess we can wrap things up with talking about that Carl and Hoodsy's cart didn't work out very well because the health inspector started seeing that they weren't following the procedures like... You know, they weren't wearing hairnets, and um, they were leaving meat and dairy together, and, you know, things weren't refrigerated properly, and the whole thing was, like, sloppy and all messy. And so, because it was not suitable for the health, um, for the food health standards, they decided to shut down the food cart, and Carl and Hoodsy are, like, really devastated. Yeah, I feel like usually, and I mean, I don't know a lot about the food industry, but isn't it usually that, like, you're given a citation and you have to close down until it's fixed, right? Like, wouldn't they be able to give the opportunity? Isn't that how this works? I could be wrong. I worked for a bakery slash deli. I worked for a nursing home. And uh, usually we had to follow the rules. And yeah, in, in a lot of cases, especially if you're like a new restaurant or something like that, um, they, you know, and you do get follow-ups every once in a while from the health inspector. Um, you do get shut down. And, you know, of course, you know, for a lot of cases, um, you know, re the reputation can be immediately ruined. Like, oh, why would I want to eat in a dirty place like this? And, you know, it would probably take enough time for places to get cleaned up. Or maybe in some cases in which it's so, like, absolutely filthy that, yeah, they would shut it down immediately. But with Carl and Hoodsy's case, it's not too bad. It's not the worst that I've ever seen. It wasn't, like, crawling with roaches or rats or anything like that. Yeah. I just know there's a Chinese food place near my campus. Twice in my college career was shut down for health reasons. And they still exist. So, and people still go there. But, like, I know that, like, there was a couple of times that I'd walk by and it'd be, like, closed because... We failed our health inspection, but we'll be back someday. So, like, I don't doesn't matter. I mean, it's possible that they wouldn't have had the, you know, means to fit all the regulations anyways. Just side note. Right. I guess maybe for Carl and Hoodsy's case, because it wasn't a restaurant. And, sure. you know, maybe that they, even if they were to have everything all prepped and cleaned up, I don't think that... I mean, maybe for kids, especially, it's like, oh, I don't want to eat there because it'll make me sick. Maybe that even if they did open up an another one, maybe their interest wouldn't be as high as it once was. It's fair. So, yeah, I think we can wrap things up. I'm okay. No, let's give our ranking of yay, nay, or meh. And I'm going to start it off. I'm going to give it a meh slightly towards the nay because Ginger's side plot 
Oh man, Sinjinder's side plot was definitely one of the most out of place throughout the series. Her tr being concerned about, oh, my reputation as a nice girl. And then we have, you know, Ginger, Jody, and Macy going over to the party and then meeting up with Jake and the whole reputation of hers gets completely ruined. I mean, for Ginger's character, it just didn't feel right whatsoever. The Carlin Hoodsy plot was the one that really made it up for me. It was definitely one of my favorite Carlin Hoodsy plots in not only this season, but in the entire series. I really did enjoy it. So, yeah, I'm going to lead more towards a meh. Yeah, I'm I'm a little torn on this one between a nay and a meh. I think, I think I'm going to go with just barely a meh and, again, solely for the Carl and Hoodsy plot, which I thoroughly enjoyed, but the Ginger plot did nothing for me. Yeah, I've been hemming and hawing back and forth between nay and meh, and I just think it would be a crime to give, uh, from my point of view to give this awesome side plot to wrap it up in a nay. So I'm just going to pretend the episode was mostly about that and give it a meh. Um, yeah, didn't love the ginger plot, although it did have some decent lines, but loved everything with Carl and Hoodsy in this one. So it is a uh, meh from me. A super meh, if, since the people called for it in the comments on YouTube. <laughs> it is especially average. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Alright, well, that's it for this episode, guys. Tune in next week as we discuss about episode 24. Hope to see you around soon, and thank you for listening. Hey.